Welcome to True Crime Sucks, a podcast about the best and worst of true crime TV and documentaries. With your host, Adam Todd Brown. Hey, everybody. Welcome to True Crime Sucks. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. Joining me as guest co-host this week, my co-host on Conspiracy the Show, Olivia Hydars here. Hello. Olivia, how was it going before you watched this documentary? Uh, it was going fine. You know, <laughs> I was having a, a nice morning. I woke up, I had breakfast, and, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm feeling good today. And then I watched this documentary, uh, and then I took a nap <laughs> until we record it because I didn't want to be around anymore. Yeah, this is a tough one. Yeah. We, we are covering a documentary called Alien Boy, The Life and Death of James Chass. It's from 2013. And because it has alien in the title. Is that, guess, is that really the reason you picked it? <laughs> it kind of is because I was looking for something that could maybe tie into yeah. some of our upcoming Conspiracy the Show episodes, which are about those UFO hearings that happened yeah. recently. But other than having the word alien in the title, this does mm-hmm. not tie into that at all. No, this, not at all. This is about a mentally ill man who was murdered by the police in yeah. Portland, Oregon. Liberal Portland, Oregon. Wacky old Portland. Keep Portland weird. Uh-huh. Unless not too weird, though, or we'll break yeah. all of your ribs and then kill you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. This is, again, from 2013, so it certainly doesn't predate police violence. We've had that <laughs> for decades and decades and decades, but I think yeah. as long as we've had police. Yeah. But it predates, like, George Floyd, Michael Brown, yeah, also. Right. Basically, the Black Lives Matter movement and the widespread understanding of police abolition. This is before all of that. Yeah, it was about a year before. It, well, it was a year before Ferguson. the Michael Brown killing in yeah. Ferguson. But the incident goes even further back than that. Yeah. It's just the documentary about it came out in 2013. So it is interesting that it came out at a time when we were right on the cusp of really, mm-hmm. really caring about stuff like this. <laughs> yeah, almost. We, You almost got us. We're almost going to care about no, it, but not no. quite. You thought you had us in the early 90s. And no, <laughs> yeah, we it had, had a brief another, resurgence. We had another 30 years of waiting to do before that yeah. really became a thing people were <laughs> concerned about. And that sucks. Yes. But this documentary, James Chass, he was arrested by police. He died in custody. One of the first things you see in this, of course, is Kurt Cobain. <laughs> of course. That was a fun surprise. Because he is talking about how much he loves the band The Wipers. Sure. And to the filmmaker's credit, Kurt Cobain is absolutely how I learned about The Wipers. Thank you. Because they covered a song called Return of the Rat. Yep. And that song rips. It does. The Wipers are great. I was yeah. not expecting them to be. Like, once, once it started and they started talking about it, I was like, oh, that alien boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Wipers wrote a song about James Chass because he's a he was a punk rock musician himself in the late 70s. 
was, uh, you know, a not insignificant part of the punk scene in Portland in the late 70s when it was just starting, which yeah, is he, fascinating. He, like, produced his own magazine. Yeah. And, like, was serious about it. Like, he yeah. gave people deadlines and all that shit. It's right. neat. It was really neat. He seems really like good. He seems like he was a nice guy. Absolutely. I would have and, been friends with him in high school. And people really liked him. Yeah. What's weird is the Wipers song about him kind of not really predicts his death, but there's a lot of imagery in the lyrics that kind of reference what happened to him in an inadvertent way, obviously. Yeah. But I mean, and part of that just goes to, you know, the lyrics are, you know, his alienated worldview at the time. Yeah. And that and which continued throughout his entire life. And that's what a lot of the documentary is about, is his upbringing, his place in that punk rock community. And it all goes a long way toward humanizing him. Absolutely. And that's important because the police, after what happens to him, go way out of their way to kind of dehumanize Not kind of like fully dehumanize him after his death. What's crazy about this incident to me, and we'll get into the details more later, but normally when there's something like this, the police will kill someone and then a representative will get up in front of TV cameras later and offer their version of events to try to spin things. Right. In this case, the police just start doing that right at the scene. Yeah. Which is I've never seen that. In a case like this, because there's there's actually a lot of things about this that make it sort of a unique incident of police violence. Sure. It's both unique and unfortunately very common. Common, yeah. So after they get through all the stuff about his upbringing and his place in the community, they interview a lot of friends. He seemed to be well liked. There's no mm-hmm. one who gets on camera and is like, I actually fucked this guy. No. I mean, except the cops. Well, of course, the cops are hideous. It, it gets into his mental health issues a little mm-hmm. bit. It seems like he was schizophrenic at very least. Yeah, apparently. Like it, later on in the documentary, he it says that he is diagnosed. He was diagnosed schizophrenic, which they tracked. His family and friends said they started noticing it around the time he was like maybe 14 or so. He kept a suitcase under his bed that he said contained all the demons he's trying to avoid. There were suicide attempts. He was a troubled guy, obviously. But he was also mostly fine as long as he stayed on his medication. Right. He was not a dangerous person. No, he was more a danger to himself than anything else. But as long as he stayed on his medication, he was apparently mostly fine. But at the time he died, he had not been taking his medication. Right. The incident in question happened on September 17th, 2006. The way they describe it at first, like it sounds really horrific. It sounds really brutal, but it's also like, yeah, there's so many. There are. (laughs) So many stories like this now. Yeah, it, it's so again, like so common, like, you know, the beating, the the tasering and choking and all of it. Yeah. And it seems so common to us now. But I imagine in 2013, it was probably still a, 
well, 2006, it was probably yeah. still a little novel to people because yeah. like the Rodney King beating happened and it was caught on camera and it was like, oh, well, we have cameras now. So right. police aren't going to get away with that like they used to. But what you have to take into account is even though the guy who filmed the Rodney King beating had a camera, that was still like a right place, right time Absolutely. kind of thing where it just yes. happened to be happening across the street from a guy who just bought a camera. Right. Yeah. It's 92. Like not everybody's not walking around with a video camera in their pocket. Right. So we didn't get an influx of similar videos immediately after Rodney King, which made it probably in the eyes of a lot of people seem like it was still a rare occurrence. Yeah. Isolated. Absolutely. Yeah. An anomaly. It took smartphones to really drive home how common this is for a lot of people. I mean, there's a lot of people in this country who knew well, how common this was. Most of them are cops. Yeah, exactly. Cops and people who live in neighborhoods terrorized by cops. They all knew. Yeah. Yeah. Just took the phones for everyone else to know. And there's not video of this. There no. is one photograph. I mean, there's yeah. probably multiple, but they keep showing this one where it looks like he's already dead. He's it's a disturbing photo. Yeah, He's on the sidewalk clearly in need of help, clearly mm-hmm. very badly injured. And I mean, it's the Pacific Northwest. So everyone is just standing around drinking coffee while yep. he's writhing just, in pain on the ground. At least totally unconcerned. Yeah. Well, I mean, even the medics are just kind of like, eh, what's, what's going on with this guy? Yeah. Like there's no urgency apparent in the photo at all. It's a total lack of concern for this crumpled body on the ground. It's really yeah. sickening. Yeah, it really is. And so at first, the way they describe it, it seems like it was just like a gang beating. Yeah. But it turns out it's kind of worse than that. There's like, it's not just that there was a beating. Right. It's the type of injuries that are inflicted on this guy. When you take into account how they manhandle him after that. Yeah. Like it's torture. It is absolute torture. And how already compromised his body was at this point. He was already frail and undernourished at this point in his life. Yes. And like, so yeah, it's not a surprise that his body couldn't take this stress. And we should mention the crime that prompted all this. Well, he, he murdered somebody, of course, in, in plain sight right in front of these cops, right? Yeah, you would think. But instead, he actually just was pissing on the sidewalk. And I couldn't even tell, was he pissing? He was like, they were responding to something. Right. And then they just saw him. And because he is a rational person, he saw the cops coming for him and ran. As uh, you should. As you absolutely should. (laughs) Run (laughs) without talking. Don't just look away and run. And that was all it took for him to deserve death in these people's minds. People in very loose air quotes. And there's a a moment in here that bothers me so much because Mm -hmm. there's this misconception about places like Portland, about Los Angeles. Yeah. About how just absolutely liberal they are in every way. And there's Mm -hmm. a woman interviewed in this who is looking at this picture of James Chass on the sidewalk And she's like, this isn't Portland. Like, this Mm -hmm. isn't this isn't how 
the people of Portland treat their people. And it's like, lady, that is how the police treat people everywhere. Yep. It doesn't matter if your city considers itself to be liberal. Right. That's how the police are. Like yep. L.A. gets credit for being like the most liberal place. Sure. But we also have arguably the most violent police force. Yeah, they're they're dogs. Like our police force is essentially a military. Basically, most police forces in America are now at this point. Yeah, like, but we got the size. Like we have. Oh the no, I, I'm not can... disagreeing about the the novel terribleness <laughs> of the LAPD and the LASD. Like, trust me. <laughs> like the LAPD could invade Bakersfield and just take it. Probably. Uh, like, maybe just they should. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Just leave us alone. I'm sorry, <laughs> Bakersfield. <laughs> Make sure you evacuate corn first. <laughs> I still like him. I still like sure. him. So, yeah, this guy died because he was maybe pissing on a sidewalk. Maybe. Yeah, exactly. He had 16 rib fractures. One of the people they interview says they have only seen injuries like that in high speed car crashes. Yeah. And which look, is disturbing. The guy who tackled, I mean, that's like getting hit by a fucking car. That guy is built like a fucking brick shit house. Yeah. And on a fucking sidewalk, too? Yeah. Oh. On, his, on the sidewalk, tackling a guy who has was described as being waif-like. Yes. By yeah, observers. She, well, not even just observers. The woman who is talking about all the injuries he had yeah. is like, also, he was like a waif at this point. Also, the toxicology report, no drugs or alcohol in his system. Whoops. Uh-oh. Because that's- If only uh, that mattered. Yeah. That becomes very important yeah. later on. I mean, it was important immediately, but- Of course, yeah. And there's a montage of phone interviews with mm -hmm. people talking about how brutal this beating was, and then immediately cut to some Portland PD scumbag- announcing that there would be no charges filed against the cops in question. God, every, I mean, I know this is true everywhere, but every single one of these fucking police representatives were the biggest scumbags I have ever seen. Yeah, there's one guy in particular who should be in a fucking gulag somewhere. I, can't. I mean, all of these, but yeah, I think you know who I'm talking about. We'll the guy with the fucking goatee, yeah. Yeah, the guy with the goatee. Uh, uh, we'll we'll get there. The the two main aggressors here are Officer Humphreys and Officer Nice. Yeah. Which ain't that always the way with a name uh, like that. It was actually the irony that killed him. <laughs> what did you think? Here's the thing. I think unions are mm -hmm. great. Yeah. I think unions are vital. I think they should be brought back to the levels they were at before Reagan fucked this country. Yes. But also the police union can get fucked. Yeah, of course. Holy police, shit. Police are not workers. <laughs> and so <laughs> they they are not entitled to uh, a union. Uh, their union is a fucking gang. They're just there to protect them from getting punished for situations like this. That's literally right. the only purpose of a police union. And the police union comes up here because... One of the things that really upset people about this one picture of the James Chass killing that circulated 
was just the sheer amount of coffee cups, just like yeah. everyone drinking coffee. And then at one point when this becomes news, they find out that the, the police union, there's this list that goes out mm-hmm. about use of force right. by Portland police officers. And if you make the top 10 on the use of force list, you're fired immediately. Just joking. <laughs> the police union gives you a Starbucks gift card. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it makes you want to do stuff. <laughs> that union can be busted any fucking time. Absolutely. I am fine with that. Yeah. You know, yeah, fuck that. Ugh, it's so disgusting. And like, I don't understand how anybody can hear a story like that and then continue to think that police are serving in your best interest. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it is like one of a few incidents that come up here. That That's like that. the most innocuous thing that we <laughs> learn about the police in this documentary. Kinda. Also, immediately, the police start changing the talking point to how, yes. oh, this is really a problem that deals with how the state deals with mental illness. Uh-huh. It's like, nah, that guy didn't die because he was schizophrenic. He died because your cops are violent monsters. Exactly. And uh, yeah, one of the, even one of the talking heads in this is like, yeah, he wasn't beaten because he was mentally ill. That's no. not what they he were was. Looking for someone to beat. That was why he was beaten. They were out looking for someone to beat. They saw him and he ran because he knew <laughs> on some level that they were looking for someone to beat and they beat him and he died. Yeah. Yeah, and you hear that all the time where people will be like, well, well, if he wasn't guilty, why did he run? For one thing, that never, ever, 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 ever justifies what happens in those stories. Right. Where people bring that up. Exactly. Like the police aren't like the police don't hand out justice. No. The police arrest people. Right. And then the justice takes care of itself. Of course, this there are times is- when cops have to shoot people, but it's not quite as common as they make it. This is not Judge Dredd. They right. are not judge, jury, and executioner. They are supposed to be civil servants who uh, apprehend, I guess, people who are doing wrong to then be judged later. This is not ever supposed to be in their job description. No. And we mentioned the guy with goatee earlier. He is a Portland PD representative of some sort. I make I think I've mentioned before, I make it a habit of not really writing cops names down when I do this because fuck them. Yeah, he was like a police union guy. He was a police union representative. And at one point, like he's been on a bunch at this point in the documentary, like defending them. Every time he comes on, I'm like, you fucking monster. And then he starts tugging at our heartstrings. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's so hard on these guys. Yeah, you talking know, about how the, they're never going to forget this incident. Like, it's yeah. going to be with them the rest of their lives. And then he's like, at least if it's anything like it was with my two shootings. And it's like, <laughs> motherfucker. That was, that was such quite a line to hear. <laughs> Imagine wanting to say that on camera. And not feeling, he like, it's clearly like he thinks that that's having the intended effect of being like, you know, we're building empathy for these guys. <laughs> when in reality, it makes you go, oh, you're a psychopath. OK, I get it now. 
And that really is the case. Like yes. that's something a psychopath would say in this situation. That to man. Be like, oh my God, my heart's just go out to these two dudes who tackled a schizophrenic yeah. man on the street and broke his ribs to death. I'll just say I was not surprised by his stand by me epilogue at the <laughs> during the credits. <laughs> Absolutely not. I wasn't surprised by any of them. Well, I I was shocked by by <laughs> some of it. <laughs> true, true. And so yeah, the thing it seems like that killed James Chass was these cops think he's maybe going to piss on the sidewalk. Yeah. He turns around and goes, "Oh shit, cops, I better run." And he starts running and they chase him and tackle him on the sidewalk. Yeah, like a fucking linebacker. And that becomes a point of contention in court because Officer Humphreys is trying to not go to prison for murder. Yes. So what he claims in court is that, well, I chased him and then I did like a little trip maneuver and pushed right. him. And then our feet got tangled and I fell next to him on the ground and uh -huh. he fell on the ground also. But then there's surveillance video from the police station, which I feel like cops just forget that's there. <laughs> Like, if this goes to court, they're going to be able to subpoena oh. that and get it. Yeah, but the thing is, I think they don't forget. I think they don't care Yeah, because they know yeah. that nothing will happen. And at the police station, he's just on camera talking about how he tackled James Chass. And, and it is funny. He like he is in those interviews that we see of him, tr like trying to defend himself from a murder charge. But that's not the energy that he has for most of the interview. The energy is more like he is pissed off that he has to spend any time there whatsoever. And he is contemptuous of the person asking the questions. Yeah, it he is very contempt. Yeah, he is very aggravated that he has to address the fact that he killed a guy. Yeah. And it really drives home that thing where... There's at least uh, a segment of society, and I would say like everyone but white people, kind of, who the police just sort of see as expendable. Yes. Absolutely. And they go out of their way to place James Chass in one of those groups. Yes. That he absolutely does not belong in. Right. I mean, yeah. There, there, and yeah, and there are multiple. Yeah. I mean, this is this all goes back to how we think about not just mental illness but you know the unhoused are seen as subhuman in this country and the police clearly know that because they constantly try to label james chassis as a transient over and over and over again even though he has an address it's on his id that they found and it was a few blocks from where they killed him yep and even before they do that at the scene, they start trying to label him as a drug user. Yeah. He had like a food bag on him that had breadcrumbs in it. Uh-huh. And they decide that that's crack cocaine. And not just that, but they're like saying it really loud. Right. Like if your friend named a fucking porn star and was like, I don't know who she is. And your wife's in earshot. And you're like, yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> like they start doing that like oh i got co i got crack over here right, right and all these witnesses are around and they're trying to put it in the witness's head 
yes. that, oh, something was wrong here. Right. And one of the cops, not one of the arresting cops, literally calls a witness over and goes, you want to know what happened? Of course. And she's yeah. like, yeah, of course I want to know what happened. And he goes, this guy's got 14 prior convictions for crack cocaine, and he had a vial of crack on him. And to her credit, that woman goes, this was still excessive. Yeah, no shit. Turns out possession of crack is actually not a capital offense in, the, in America, technically. Yeah, yeah. We haven't reached that point yet. Yeah. Yet. Yet. And even worse, it was a lie. He didn't have right. 14 prior drug convictions. No. They were just trying to, like, fend off questions from witnesses and, like, put it in their head yeah. that, oh, well... I guess I don't want a crack user in my neighborhood, so it's fine that the cops killed him. And fortunately, that's not how it unfolds. Like, yeah. they did not put many of these witnesses off of the idea that what they did was excessive. And also, it's it's pretty clear that Humphreys knew he was lying about that. Like, they, everyone knew yeah. they were lying about the crack thing. Absolutely! He had big fucking liar written all over his goddamn face in that entire interview. Yeah. And shockingly, none of that stuff they said at the scene about him being a drug addict or having vials of crack on him doesn't make it into the final report. Wow. Imagine that. Weird. The medics yeah. are a really tragic detail here. They are. I, I still I don't have a ton of sympathy for them because they still just fucking stood around drinking coffee. But And they also like just took the cops word for what was happening. Right. They didn't check. Because what happens is they show up and like James Chass is breathing, but the cops are like, oh, well, yeah, I think it's an overdose. I think he's just high. Uh -huh. They don't mention that he was tackled. They don't mention any kind of beating. They don't mention a very important detail that we haven't mentioned yet, which is that he blacked out for like three to five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. And like several witnesses saw it. The police don't mention that. He stopped breathing. He stopped breathing. He is screaming, pleading yeah. to be taken to the hospital. Yeah. When one of the paramedics walks away, he screams and says, don't leave me with these people. And then yeah. the paramedics just sign off on him going to jail, which, you know, they were uneasy about it. Yeah. Because they made the cops sign a waiver. Yeah. <laughs> saying like, well, we take responsibility for what happens next, which is why. Those medics, you know, didn't really face any ramifications for this. At least right. if they did, it's not in the documentary. But also, God, I, I could look at that still picture and know that guy needed to go to the fucking hospital. Absolutely. And if yeah. they just sent him to the hospital, he would have lived. Yes. They, that's said multiple times that at this point, if he had received medical attention, he probably would have still been alive. And yeah, that's, you know, I, I, I mentioned up top, me and you also do a podcast called conspiracy the show this is also i always mention the the war in iraq and like of course. oh yeah. so you think we went there looking for weapons of mass destruction if not then yes you believe conspiracy theories happen sometimes <laughs> this stuff too absolutely like, you think people don't fucking collaborate to lie to save themselves yeah it starts at the scene here yeah like at the scene, they start conspiring to cover this up and make this guy seem like a criminal when he was just a dude who hadn't taken his medication in a while and was maybe going to piss on the sidewalk. Right. That's a conspiracy. 
Yes, absolutely. Oh, they had also tased him and they didn't right. mention that to the paramedics either. And so, yeah, they sign off on him going to jail. But yeah. And when the medical people leave the scene, he also starts screaming again about wanting to go to the hospital, which yeah. I think that's like law. I think if you say you want to go to the hospital, the police have to let you go to the hospital. Yeah. I mean, clearly they don't. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that these guys really care too much about the law for being yeah. cops. It doesn't seem to be a high concern of theirs based on their behavior. No, no, not at all. And you already touched on this a little bit. Another way they try and not only cover this up, but paint James Chass as something he was not. They list his address as transient. Yeah. Even though his ID has an address on it and it is the address where he lives. Where he lives. He's got an apartment right around the corner. Yeah. Like very close. Super close. And so like that is the exact opposite of being a transient. It is. And you know what? Even if he was transient, still didn't deserve to be killed like a fucking dog. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so he stops breathing again when they get him to jail. And once again, when medical personnel show up, they're like, has anything happened before this? And they're like, nah. Wow. He was, he was high when we found him, but he was he fine. He was totally fine until just I, now. They don't mention that he'd stopped breathing before. They don't mention that he'd been tased. They don't mention that he'd been tackled. When you see them carrying him in, like this is a man with 16 broken ribs and they are, he's face down, like facing the ground and they're holding him by his arms and ankles behind his back with 16 broken ribs. Like these cops should be in the fucking Hague right now. <laughs> Addressing yeah. the International Criminal Court. Like, this is war crime shit. Inject these motherfuckers into space. I'm sorry. Please. Absolutely. Uh, and meanwhile, they testify that he was just screaming in anger. Yeah. Like, as far and as it, they knew, he wasn't really in any pain. And then they play the audio from the security camera, and it is clearly a man screaming in pain. It is heartbreaking. It's awful. Awful. Like, awful. he is clearly in so much pain yeah and that like it's not a competition so like i don't want it to to come off that way but like it would have been better if they just shot him i mean like if they weren't going to help him yeah like if he was never going to recover like, like the i guess the way this unfolds the more ethical thing for the cops to have done would have been to shoot him in the head the minute he ran. Yeah, I don't know that I can I can comfortably. Uh, no, I, I, get it. <laughs> I, 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 I know. <laughs> it's just they put him through so much. They do. It's off. It's torture. It's absolutely. It is. Torture. It's absolutely torture. And again, instead of calling an ambulance, for some reason, the medical personnel who show up are like, well, we can't take him to our hospital. And it's like, yeah, hospitals can do that. You can just be like, nah. <laughs> Yeah, no thanks. And so it's decided he has to go to a hospital 20 miles away. Yeah. So the police once again pick him up by his arms and legs face down, carry him out. But this time it takes six and a half minutes because they stop and chit chat with someone God. first. That was another. That's just. Inhuman. And during that, he stops breathing also. Right. And they're like, ah, he's fine. No, Well, they're literally like. 
the, you hear them testifying about this moment. And one of them, I'm pretty sure it was Humphreys, is like, well, I didn't want to put my lips on his mouth. Yeah, yeah. To give him air. Fuck you, mother. Yeah. Fucker. God, I fucking hate that guy. Yeah, yeah. Fuck that. Shoot that guy in the fucking head. They also don't use lights or sirens when they take him to the hospital, which I bet cops use lights and sirens when they go to fucking lunch. Exactly. Yeah, well, you know, they only put the lights and sirens on when there's a human being in distress, and they obviously don't consider this man a human being. Exactly. And so James Chass dies in the car on the way to the hospital. And this is the first time you hear concern in the cop's voice because they realize they have committed murder. Yeah. It's not because a man has died. It's because no. they know they've been caught. They might get in trouble. Yeah. This is a really heavy part in the documentary because they interweave testimony from the cops talking about when James Chass died with interviews with his friends about the last time they saw him. And it's rough. It's a rough watch. As is, I I didn't, I haven't mentioned it in the notes so far, but his mom is interviewed throughout yeah, this whole thing. Like this is this is yet another documentary that you've made me watch that made me cry. Uh, that's and it's what his, we do here. God. And it's his mom. His mom is so heartbreaking. Yeah, yeah. It's it is heart wrenching stuff. And so now there's an investigation into this. Yeah, but it's done by the police, so it's not a real investigation. But right. one of the things they find and look into is, as it turns out. A mental health caseworker had visited James shortly before this incident and found that he was not taking his meds. He wasn't taking care of himself. He wasn't eating. And so she wants to go like help and like maybe get him into a facility or Mm -hmm. whatever. And she takes a cop with her just in case. And when they get there, he's like, you got a cop with you, though? And she says she does. And that immediately makes it hard to get him out of his apartment. Yeah. He reluctantly goes downstairs to the lobby with her and the cop and then immediately runs. Yeah. Because that's what James Chass does when he sees cops, at least when he's not taking his medication. Yeah. When he sees a cop and they're like, hey, he's going to fucking book it. Right. The difference here is the cop was like, you want me to chase him? And she was like, no, (laughs) no, leave him alone. Why would you chase him? She's like, in fact, what I want you to do is flag him in your stupid police computers Mm -hmm. as mentally ill. So the next time you encounter him, just page my organization and we'll come deal with him. Yeah. Listeners, do you think that happened? It sure as shit did not. And he was this. This is just another reason. It's a great example of why any sort of non-abolition middle ground when it comes to police reform is doomed to failure. Because this is basically the best that you could do is, well, mark it down and so that people know that that's who they're dealing with. But the problem is that the people who killed him didn't care about that didn't even look it up didn't ask him his name before they murdered him they just killed him on site yeah how are you supposed to reform that away 
yeah, it probably wouldn't have helped. No. Like they didn't even they didn't even look at his ID until they killed him basically. Nope. Because so, they they killed him chasing him down, which is the thing that you should not have done in the first place. Yeah. So then it takes like 3 years for an investigation to happen. I mean, the investigation happens, they just don't tell anyone what they found for like 3 years. Of course. And one of the things that that investigation determined was that that thing where Humphreys chased the guy and tackled him. That's not what you do. That's not. Oh, yeah. That's that's like actually not proper procedure. But there was this whole span of years where everyone was like, well, what he did was obviously correct. Right. And it's like, no, no, you've already determined it wasn't. Yeah. But conveniently, you spent another two years telling people it was. And then, of course, because they did they did not follow correct procedure and it resulted in a man dying. They were all sentenced to prison and where that's where they are right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. All right, let's go. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> we did it. Justice is served. No, actually, what happened is uh, Humphreys and Nice were reprimanded for failure to disclose information and for not transporting James Chass to the hospital. Yeah. Nothing about the tackling, the nope. beating, the tasing, the use of force. None of that. They are initially suspended with pay for 80 hours, but don't worry, that eventually got overturned. Can you imagine? That's almost a whole week. <laughs> exactly. That's horrific. I mean, it's two working weeks, Olivia. Oh, that's true. That is true. That's two weeks that they have to go without beating mentally ill people on the streets. And that is clearly their lifeblood. Yeah. <laughs> you can't take that away from these guys. It's all they have. Yeah, they're going to take it out on their kids. I hope you're wow. happy. Wow. That's yeah. that's on you. That's not on them. They're, that's who they are. How hard did you tear up when Humphreys in court was talking about the impact this has had on his mental health and how yeah. he might resign? Well, you know, I mean, it really I felt for someone so clearly inexperienced with human emotion <laughs> trying to convince us that he was feeling remorse. Even yeah. though that's not what he was trying to convince us of. He wasn't trying to convince anyone that he was remorseful. That's the that's the craziest thing about his interviews in particular. Yeah. No he, sign of remorse. Yeah. When he says this was impacting his mental health, it's not because, oh, I killed a guy. Right. No. It's because people are mad at me for killing a guy. Exactly. It's making it hard for him to do his job. Yeah. If people are just going to get mad. Every time he slide tackles a man with schizophrenia onto the hard concrete, breaking 16 of his ribs and then neglects him to the point that he dies on the way to the hospital. You got to let him get away with it once. We all got that in us once. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my God. This guy is a monster. He doesn't resign. Though he keeps his job and then eventually shoots an aggressive 12 year old girl. God, but don't listen. I'm that's hyperbole. He shot her with a beanbag round. Right. Of course. Yeah. At very close range. Like fucking three feet away. There's video. It's awful. There's video. And here's the thing. She is a 12 year old girl. Yeah. Watch Jackass the movie and see what it does to grown ass Johnny Knoxville and then tell me that a 12 year old girl deserves to receive something like that. Like if you're 
using that kind of force against a 12 year old girl she better have her fucking finger on the nuclear (laughs) (laughs) and even then it might as well just let her press it yeah even then cool it man she's a kid exactly she doesn't know what she's doing so that finally gets him suspended (laughs) yeah with pay of course obviously but don't worry conservatives the police union in super duper progressive portland Uh they get involved in this and they stage a protest and they essentially threaten the mayor Mm -hmm. they issue a vote of no confidence and they're like you want to win your next election you should probably stand with us and the fucking mayor rescinds the suspensions the suspensions with pay the suspensions with pay were punished with vacation time yeah and yes. the police union was like, how dare you imply that we have ever done anything wrong? This will not stand. Like, if that 12-year-old girl had her finger on the fucking nuclear button at that protest, uh-huh. let her hit let it. it. Go. It's yeah. fine. Yeah, let it go. Like, I would be willing to sacrifice Portland to take out all those cops. It is despicable. Yes. Like, it is so fucking gross. Disgusting. It's awful. I mean, I, I just... It, this this was not a pleasant watch for this reason. No, no. There's also that part where they're interviewing Humphreys during his deposition. Uh-huh. And they're like, if you encountered James Chass on the street again today, would you do the same thing? And he was like, you mean if like none of the after stuff happened? <laughs> they're like, and he he literally says that. Yes, he does. He means he said, if if none of, it's literally it's so he, it's so contemptuous the way he's like. Uh, you mean if none of this happened? Like, does a little circle motion with his finger and everything. Yeah. And, and then he's, he's like, like yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. Oh. Yep. Inhuman. He also, this is when we get into, like, the epilogue yeah. stuff. One, we find out Officer Nice uh-huh. was eventually fired for pulling his gun out during a road rage incident. Yes. I know it's hard to believe I can't believe he seemed so nonviolent. Yeah, it's hard to believe that this cop involved in the killing of an innocent person who had committed no crimes would dare to pull out his gun during a road rage incident. Very out of character for him, I'm sure. Also, the fuck stick with the goatee who is defending them the whole time. The police union representative who had also shot a couple people. Right. Who's trying to play so reasonable the whole movie. Yeah, Yeah. he's he really is like he's trying to be like the voice of reason. And like, come on, you got to just hear us out. He was finally fired after two separate road rage incidents involving the same driver. (laughs) I need a documentary about this. I need another documentary about this one. I need to know how that happens. And it's like, no way, multiple road rage incidents among this crew? Right, I know. (laughs) It seems like they've got their anger issues under control, though. (sighs) And then Humphreys is, there's one other fuck face that they interview throughout this. The the epilogue is the same. (laughs) Like, he's like, everything was fine for him until, like, he was a crazy lunatic. Yeah. And then there's the story of Officer Humphreys. This bitch Mm -hmm. one takes 
like five years of mental health leave, paid mental health leave for one thing over this. And then when he's finally emotionally well enough to return, Uh he runs for sheriff Mm -hmm. and in super duper liberal Portland, Oregon, he fucking wins. Yep. What? (laughs) What? Portland? I believe it was another county where he won. Okay. But but still. 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 Like, and you know the people who voted for him are like, he's going to be tough on the homeless. And it's like, the guy wasn't homeless! If there's anything that the ensuing years after this documentary was released has taught us, it's that there is a significant portion of the United States population who fucking loves when the cops kill someone they love it they're waiting for it every day they cream in their goddamn jeans when they hear that some unfortunate person was murdered by the cops they love it yeah it's fucking gross it is it's so gross yeah everything about this documentary is gross i mean the family of james chass eventually gets some settlements but I mean, what is that? It's like $1.5 million in total. Like, how is that enough? Yeah. How is that going to do anything for them? And that's, you know, obviously going to be taxpayer money. Yeah. They're like, don't worry. Our insurance is going to. It's like, we'll still pay for it. Of course. We get it. Where does your insurance come from? Yeah. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, that's the documentary. There's no it's is not one that has a happy ending whatsoever. No, it's brutal. It ends as sad as it starts. I mean, it doesn't start start sad oh. when they're you know talking about his upbringing and his music yeah. and his art. But yeah, this is uh, that's the police for you. Fuck the police. Yeah, that's one of my big problems with a lot of true crime, and it's yeah. one of the reasons this podcast is called True Crime Sucks. And it's because there is a lot of fucking copaganda and like glorifying police and it's like i don't care if this motherfucker solved one cold case what else did he do exactly the cop yeah i bet i bet joe kenda has beat the shit out of so many black motorists in colorado springs or wherever that how many worked how many roadway rage incidents were they involved in off duty exactly how many times has the wife thought about calling the police and then realizing oh no yeah that's there's no point yeah Anyway, times. Check out Olivia talking about UFOs later this week. <laughs> Did Congress read a letter written by aliens? No, no, no. But no, we'll take some... a long way around to get there. Right, exactly. We... Yeah, I guess that's a spoiler. <laughs> well, still no. It turns out some one guy just said some stuff, and everybody <laughs> lost their minds. <laughs> We'll talk about that. Check out Conspiracy, the show this week and every week. And uh, I think that's our episode. Olivia, do you have anything to plug? Uh, I mean, you can find me on X. At Hydar. It, huh? <laughs> uh, it's too funny. You might as well be saying you can find me at the mall. It's like no one's going to the mall. What yeah. Well, about? then perfect. That's perfect. For <laughs> me. Um. I don't have anything to plug okay. right now, I don't think. Well, you can uh, check out my Substack, adamtoddbrown.substack.com. I have a new article up right now about my attempts to use a new AI feature 
in Photoshop. Mm -hmm. And boy, did that go from zero to horror movie (laughs) in like the span of three images. It is (laughs) hell on earth. So uh, go check that out. And uh, I think that's it. Let's get the fuck out of here. Olivia, say goodbye. Bye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you.